So I was tempted to come to church today dressed a little more casually, wearing jeans and a t-shirt. But I knew, I knew that with some folks that just wouldn't fly. I mean, some people would tell me it wasn't professional. The dressing down would disrespect those who had gathered. Others might take it even further and argue that leading worship in a shirt that says Coca-Cola is dishonoring to God. Now, I think I agree with the first argument, but I'm not so sure about the second. I mean, a quick little bit of research on the web tells me that there's no scriptural command to wear a blazer or a collar on Sunday. Wearing our Sunday's best is at best a way that some people symbolically represent their adherence to the fourth commandment, the commandment to remember the Sabbath day, to keep it holy. Now, it may express your devotion. It may express your devotion, and that's okay. But it's a tradition, not a commandment of Holy Scripture. Despite some impressions, wearing freshly shined shoes at worship isn't a central concern for God's people. Today's reading from the Gospel of Mark takes us into a discussion of what is at the center of God's will for God's people. The Pharisees and some teachers of the law confront Jesus about the habits of his disciples. It seems they weren't washing their hands before eating. And you're thinking, that's gross. But the criticism wasn't about hygiene, but about holiness. It wasn't about germs, but about being a people that were set apart, different. In the law, the priests of the people were commanded to wash their hands and feet before serving at the altar. This included washing their hands before eating the meat that was sacrificed. This was because their work was holy and because the items they touched were holy. They needed holy hands. But the Pharisees took this law and extended it. They they applied it to the entire nation. Now, this extension may have had something to do with the priests actually not being so good priests, overlooking this commandment, making it a law for everyone ensured that the priests would live by the rules they were given, right? If everyone's washing their hands, then certainly the priests are going to do it as well. The extension of this law may have been also been an attempt to extend the holiness of the priests to the entire community. I mean, what did God say to the people? You will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. But in either case, this rule was an attempt to put a fence around God's law, to protect the law from careless or inadvertent violations. If you are always washing your hands, you won't forget to do it at the altar. Dressing up on Sunday can be a reminder that the Sabbath is a special day and that worship is a unique calling. In this way, 
the law is protected by offense. But when the Pharisees confront Jesus about his disciples' failure to respect these traditions, these fences, Jesus goes on the attack. Now, keep in mind that the disciples have left everything. They've left everything. They've given up everything to follow Jesus. And here they're being critiqued for this infraction. Now, Jesus responds by telling the Pharisees that they are hypocrites. He tells them that what they hold on to, those symbolic expressions of devotion, that while they do that, hold on to those symbolic expressions, they disregard serious commandments that are at the very heart of God's law. Jesus argues that those human rules and extensions put our attention on the wrong things and sometimes even nullify the very commandments they were intended to uphold. In support of this, Jesus speaks about their tradition of devoting resources to God. Jesus said the Pharisees use it as a loophole to get out of caring for their parents. Mom's going to have to wait until a public bed is available. I'm using my extra money to buy myself a memorial window at the church. Jesus highlights the ridiculousness of using a tradition to undermine a commandment. But Jesus doesn't stop there. He goes even further. He goes on to talk about purity laws relating to food. And just to be clear, these laws were commandments. Jesus tells the crowd that by focusing on outward purity, they are avoiding the much deeper challenge of the gospel, the challenge of the human heart. It is the heart, Jesus later explains to his disciples, that is the source of everything evil, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. These are the things that, according to Jesus, we should really be looking out for. The real issue isn't whether we're wearing a blazer or a t-shirt to worship. The real issue is what is going on in here. Jesus noted the hypocrisy among the religious people in his community. So how about us today? It's easy to, I mean, to look at these passages and think, yeah, Jesus, you really got those Pharisees, right? But then we realize sometimes we're caught up in those very things that Jesus criticized. Do we get caught up in trivial, symbolic expressions of righteousness? Maybe putting something in the plate? while we evade the transformation of our character that is envisioned by God's law? Well, in 2013, the Barna Group did some research on contemporary Christian behavior. Now, they wanted to know whether the actions and attitudes of self-proclaimed followers of Jesus were aligned with the actions and attitudes of Jesus or the actions and attitudes of the Pharisees. They did this by asking 20 questions and judging whether the respondents shared either a Christ-like or a self-righteous response. For example, the actions and attitudes of Jesus might include, 
I try to discover the needs of non-Christians rather than waiting for them to come to me. And I feel compassion for people who are not following God and doing immoral things. More pharisaical action and attitudes would include, I like to point out those who don't have the right theology or doctrine. And it's not my responsibility to help people who won't help themselves. Well, after running the people through this series of questions and analyzing their responses, they found that most self-identifying Christians were characterized by having the attitudes and actions that researchers identified as pharisaical. Just over half qualified for this category. On the other end of the spectrum, only 14%, one out of seven, represented the actions and attitudes Barna researchers found to be consistent with those of Jesus, and the rest, I guess, somewhere in between. Not great news, eh? It appears that hypocrisy isn't just an ancient problem, but it is alive and well in the church today. It's all too easy to focus on the externals while avoiding the challenges, the gospel challenge of what's going on in the heart. There is good news, though, and it wasn't in our passage, right? Jesus just makes the diagnosis there. But Jesus has a solution. You see, Jesus is an expert cardiologist. He didn't come among us just to add a veneer of respectability, but to change us from the inside out. So what do you think? Are you willing to go in for heart surgery? Will you welcome the transformation Jesus wants to accomplish in your life? Let's pray. Holy and loving God, there are many times when we are content to rest in your word, your words of assurance, your words of comfort, your words of abundant grace, and yet withhold from offering kindness and mercy to others. Gracious and righteous Lord, there are many times when we look down our noses at others, judging ourselves better for parading the symbols of faith while preventing you from coming close, from touching and transforming our hearts. Forgive us our hypocrisy, Lord. Forgive us our times of inaction. Forgive us when we quote the words of faith but fail to live them. Create in us pure hearts, O God, and renew steadfast spirits within us. Do not cast us from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and grant us a willing spirit to sustain us. We ask this all in Jesus' holy and powerful name.
Amen.